0: Milk Minute. Milk Minute. Milk Minute. Yeah. Milk. Milk.
1: Milk.
0: Milk. milk. This is Maureen Farrell. And Heather O'Neill. And this is the Milk Minute, an inclusive, evidence-based podcast hosted by midwives and lactation professionals. That's us. Here to talk to you about all things lactation. And boobs. Body positivity. Mental health. All the milky topics. Join us for another episode. Welcome to the Milk Minutes. Today we are gonna talk a little bit about vitamin D.
1: Yes, today we're gonna talk about the D. Not the not the D you're thinking of, you pervert, the vitamin D. Um <laughs> the one that comes from the sun. Yeah. Yes, we are like plants. We take the things that the sun gives us and then we turn them into magical vitamins that we use to make our bones strong. So that's basically what vitamin D, well, that's originally what we thought vitamin D did, but it's been shown to do many other things and prevent many illnesses.
0: Yeah, it's great for your immune system. So like side note, just because, you know, we're all still concerned about COVID and everything. If you do supplement with vitamin D, we have some like preliminary research showing that you might do better if you get COVID. So you should probably all be supplementing with it anyway.
1: Let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Taking Care of Babies Sleep Courses. Tell me about that, Heather. Oh, it's awesome. I took it, everybody needs to take it. Um, Kara owns a company called Taking Care of Babies. She was a NICU nurse and her husband is a pediatrician. And she solves your problem of how to get your baby to sleep through the night and to nap and get on a good nap schedule while being breastfeeding friendly. I mean, you think it's not possible, but it actually is. And she basically gives you permission to do these evidence-based, research-based
0: things to get your baby to sleep better through the night without hurting your milk supply. Sounds great. So tell me, how do our listeners get there? Go to the show notes, click the link, and sign up.
1: And that's it. Go do it. And enjoy your night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Good night.
0: Let's start with the bad shit that can happen if you don't have enough vitamin D? Because that's fun to know.
1: Yeah, well, I guess we could even back it up a little bit before that. And we could remind people about our history of formula episode. And Mm -hmm. what we discovered was that because they were not putting vitamins and minerals in the original form of formula, all these kids were getting rickets, which is where your bones are really soft and they and your legs bow. Mm -hmm. And it's really... Awful and basically you're left with a bunch of deformed children. And so yeah. clearly that upset people. And they were like, we should start paying attention to how important vitamins are in our life. So I think that's like the basis of like where the interest in vitamin supplementation began.
0: Yeah. And and I guess like to bring us to the present here, humans theoretically should be able to get enough vitamin D from the sun and from the foods they eat, right? Because A lot of fruits and vegetables grown in the sun have vitamin D in them. But (laughs) most of us, especially in the Northern Hemisphere or people who work inside or just basically don't spend their whole day outside, we're vitamin D deficient. And also people people with
1: darker skin. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, like I honestly spend several hours a day outside almost every day and I'm still vitamin D deficient. I've had. Amish and Mennonite clients who spend their entire days outside still be vitamin D deficient. So, this is very common. And if you're one of those people who's like, oh, but not me, maybe just get tested and see. Yeah. I mean,
1: okay. So, this is where you start to lose me because I am such a fan of the human body and nature. And nature so far has really figured out most things. You know what I'm saying? Like, we tend to try to overfix things that aren't really broken in the medical community many, much of the time, but also is it a big deal? You know, like, is it natural for us to maybe not have that much vitamin D? Is it natural for us to not be able to process it the way we feel like we should process it? Like, shouldn't nature have fixed that by now? But then the other side of me gets it, you know, cause like we're not, outside a lot most of us are inside with fluorescent lighting and not eating the best food so I don't know what are your thoughts on that Maureen because you're way more
0: yeah (laughs) I mean I'm there with you I I totally feel that and I've a couple of times in the past few years I've been like I'm gonna really dig into this and figure it out and the reality is we don't have that fucking answer and we just don't (laughs) You know, I did read some interesting research that mentioned how like our bathing habits and our skincare habits might have something to do with it as well. Because it's not like we're out in the sun, bam, we have vitamin D. So we have this like precursor to vitamin D that we get from the sun and then our body uses that to synthesize it. But if we wash our skin too soon, we don't have that precursor. What? Yeah. So the people who shower like three times a day or like they go for a run and immediately hop right in the shower, you might not be making vitamin D from that sun exposure.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. And I, and that at least like clicked one thing in my brain for me where I was like, oh, it's actually only very recently in human history that we've been bathing this much. Maybe
1: that is it. Like maybe nature has figured it out, but we just keep jacking it up that makes
0: sense. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, that's my assumption with this whole issue is that probably if we actually consistently ate food that had enough vitamin D in it, because it was grown properly and we consistently spent enough time in the sun and we didn't like cover our skin and weird products and shower six times a day, probably we'd be fine. But the reality is most people don't do that. And like, I don't know that we actually have data and testing from communities that do live more like that. So I don't know. Well, and also
1: it's important to mention that there are a few dietary sources of vitamin D, but they're not significant enough to provide the actual amount of vitamin D that we really need to Mm -hmm. function and prevent disease processes and, you know, prevent osteoporosis and all that. Um, So those foods are cod liver oil, delicious fish such as mackerel, tuna, and salmon, egg yolk, beef liver, and fortified dairy products. So most of us aren't running around eating and drinking cod liver oil and all of these no. you know, large ocean fish. So the government, our government at least, has put a lot of these vitamins into random stuff like cereal. Like, oh, Americans eat a lot of really piece of shit cereal. Mm-hmm. And let's milk. just put, yeah, okay. let's put folic acid and vitamin D in that. And then, you know, we'll solve all their problems for
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, like, I imagine when most humans had a much more significant portion of their diet be vegetables and fruit that grew outside. Like we also got a significant amount of vitamin D from that, but really at least in this country, you know, what I think of as the sad diet, the standard American diet is abysmal, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like kids who's veg daily serving a vegetable is ketchup, like, I'm sorry, that does not have vitamin D in it, you know, yeah, right. but like tomatoes that you grew in the sun and sun dried, they have vitamin D. A lot of mushrooms have vitamin D when you, especially when you dry them in the sun, which is interesting. But again, it's just like nobody eats enough of that anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I guess, Another thing to say about trusting our bodies, our bodies are set up to make very large amounts of vitamin D through sun exposure. So in 24 hours, your body can fabricate 10,000 to 20,000 international units of vitamin D. And that's only with like 15 to 20 minutes of summer sun exposure in a bathing suit. Or if you're darker skinned, 45 to 60 minutes in the sun. And then your body makes all that wonderful vitamin D, but because we use sunscreen now, because we are obsessed with skin cancer and not getting it,
0: we which is reasonable, but also, yeah, maybe, yeah, but like, maybe not, I don't know.
1: (laughs) If you really look at the research on that also sunscreen, since we've started using it has not decreased the amount of melanoma that we are dying from.
0: Well, there you go, folks. So,
1: yeah, like maybe oh. getting, you know, maybe
0: like just you being know, the I mean, sun. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad about the fact that I never wear sunscreen.
1: <laughs> I really don't either. I think that the majority of people are concerned mostly about wrinkles these days. Like, I don't want to get wrinkles. Huh, I didn't even think of that. There's sunscreen <laughs> in all of our makeup products.
0: Yeah. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't wear makeup, but I did know that. But well, that's only why because... I said it condescendingly. Like, did you know that, you non-makeup you know, wearer? I don't know. I just uh the only time I wear sunscreen is when I'm like, I know I'm gonna have direct all day long sun exposure and I am gonna get burned and it's gonna suck. Right. And that's like the only time I put on my kid too, when I'm like, we're literally gonna like be under the sun nonstop. Right.
1: Like if you can't get away from it, then yes. So basically our bodies are very efficient at making it, but are we able to like absorb it through food? Are we able to actually get it into the breast milk is a different story. So that's where things start to get a little bit sticky. It's like, yeah, if it was just us, we'd say, go lay in the sun every day with just a bathing right. suit on and absorb it. That's great. But then the problem is getting it from that into the breast milk and then into your baby. Um,
0: yeah, and, and I just, I really used to be that provider that was like, just spend more time in the sun, spend time in the sun with your baby. But the reality is that I realized people don't do that even when I recommend they do. And you know, we just, we're missing some part of the research here as to why that doesn't seem to work for everybody.
1: Yeah. If there's one thing that I can definitely say about doing this research, there's a lot of holes. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of repetitive information and then there's a (laughs) lot of holes as to like, okay, why like go deeper? We need the next level of research now.
0: Yeah. Like I want to know, like, is there some heavy metal that we all have, you know, a high amount of that's jacking up this process? Is it some toxin we're all exposed to? Is it, fuck, is it like we're eating too much of some kind of processed food? Like, I I don't know, but there's got to be something that's messing with this process. But that's probably also a huge pain in the ass to set up a randomized trial about.
1: Right. And then, so there's that piece, but then there's also the, why is it important? Because Mm -hmm. so far, the only thing that they have for sure found is that if you do not have enough vitamin D in your diet, you and your baby can get, or your baby mostly can get rickets, but then you can have osteomalacia. Yep. So, and they did find like, this was the only hard number that I found was that approximately 10% to 20% of extremely low birth weight infants have radiological evidence of rickets with metaphysial changes despite right. current nutritional practices. So it's worse for premature babies. They're not able to absorb as much vitamin D as full-term babies. So that was really the only hard evidence. I found something else that said anecdotally, which means, you know, just what people say. And then as Mm -hmm. a correlation study, which is not the strongest evidence. It's like, oh,
0: we- It's like evidence to do another study.
1: Right. (laughs) So here's the evidence that we have to do all these other studies. There have been correlations found between vitamin D deficiency And cancers, specifically of the colon, breast, and prostate, hypertension, diabetes, both type one and type two, and multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, and other autoimmune conditions. So, those are like all over the map. It's like Mm -hmm. basically it's correlated with your body's falling apart. But why?
0: So, like, we need more. That's the next piece that I want. And here's my anecdotal piece in the practices I've been a part of that test for vitamin D deficiency prenatally when people are still vitamin D deficient close to labor we see more dysfunctional labors mm-hmm. and that's not a big study but again anecdotally i've heard that from other providers who actually bother to test for vitamin D levels and i think it's been significant enough and you know the data that we see otherwise about you know the potential harms and also the lack of potential harm from supplementation, you know, just just makes me really recommend to people that they supplement at least during their pregnancy and while they're breastfeeding. You know, it, it seems like this is probably the best thing that we can suggest,
1: well, you know, that's interesting that you say that because the u s. National Institute of Health reports that eighty one percent of women of childbearing age have insufficient levels of vitamin D. And so that's US, right? And and in the US, we have some of the most dysfunctional labor. We have some of the worst statistics. So Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that vitamin D supplementation in pregnancy is going to fix all of that, but it sure is a good easy place to start. I mean, there what what could happen? You know, it's pretty rare that you can intoxicate yourself on vitamin D.
0: Right. And And I think that honestly, it's such, it would be so easy to set up a study that at least collects data for this, right? Where we just say, okay, we're going to add one prenatal test to the panel, right? Because most people, if they birth at a hospital, they have their blood drawn at least twice, right? We're going to say first trimester blood screening, we're going to add vitamin D levels, third trimester, we're going to add vitamin D levels. And just then create this data set of vitamin D levels and, you know, outcomes of labor and see what comes up with from that.
1: Yeah, that would be really awesome. And then also some research did come out a couple years ago. I think it was from, Pittsburgh, somewhere in Pittsburgh, that linked very strongly uh, vitamin D deficiency and chronic vaginitis. So which makes sense, because, Mm -hmm. you know, vitamin D is a huge player in your immune system. And when your immune system is messed up, your vagina, which is like this amazing place of natural flora and your microbiome at its best yep. is affected and then you start getting like I'm just chronically itchy or I just have this weird smell or you know sex is weirdly painful all of a sudden and I don't know why yeah. so you know then we draw vitamin d levels and lo and behold it's less than 20 and we're like ooh.
0: Hey guys, it's Maureen here and I wanted to let you know about my Etsy shop. I am an artist and a designer and I have a shop where I make educational breastfeeding posters, shirts for birth workers like for your favorite nurse or midwife, shirts for people who are lactating, mugs, stickers, all kinds of stuff. Some of my birth paintings are on there. It's an eclectic collection and it's really beautiful. So if you want to find that, you're going to go to etsy.com slash shop slash The Wandering Womb, except instead of a B, it's a 6. So that's The Wandering Womb with a 6 instead of a B.
1: I guess we should probably tell people what the normal levels are. Oh, so yeah. Deficient is definitely less than 20. We like to see it above 32. hmm Somewhere in between there, we're recommending supplementation, right, Maureen? I
0: can't. Yeah. Usually we recommend supplementation. Like if I see something below 25, I'm like, you know, definitely supplement. If someone's closer to that 30 mark, you know, I'm like, well, there's no harm in supplementing, you know, but why don't you you can take this low dose. We'll retest if you want to, you know, it kind of depends on the client. Some people are more than happy to throw an extra gummy vitamin at themselves. And some people just really hate taking supplements. So, you know, I don't really push it unless they're super low.
1: Right. If they're low and you can see it, like they're fatigued and they have chronic vaginitis and they're sick all the time. And, you know, then it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is affecting your life. So I'm sorry that you hate vitamins, but like, do you also hate being tired and sick all the time?
0: Right, and and the reality is, a lot of people take a multivitamin. They're like, oh, well, there's vitamin D in there, but it's only like two hundred IU's or four hundred IU's, and it's recommended most adults take closer to two thousand IU's per day. And so, me with my level of twenty two, I'm taking five thousand a day now.
1: Yeah. I think I did 5,000 during pregnancy Mm -hmm. every day. And we recommend that you start supplementing yourself in pregnancy because your baby will be born ahead of the game, like at normal, because your baby can be born deficient in vitamin D if you are deficient in your pregnancy.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, you're already so fucking sick and tired in pregnancy. So I I think you need to give yourself the best chance you can. (laughs) at, you know, not feeling miserable through that experience and vitamin D really, people do report that they feel better when they have enough vitamin D.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, I can say that I have stopped my vitamin D supplementation. Why? I don't know. I don't know why it just (laughs) started. I just stopped.
0: And I do that too. I'm like, Oh, that vitamin that, you know, the bottle fell behind the counter and now I'm not going to buy a new one for the next year. Right. Uh, what is wrong with me?
1: I don't know. So I definitely felt better when I was on it and I went off of it and got coronavirus. So, you know, th-
0: there you go. Lesson learned. Lesson learned.
1: So we need to talk about the American Academy of Pediatrics actual recommendation for yeah. your infant. So, you know, we've kind of covered, we've discussed it. We've covered what the recommendation is for, for us as adults to take at least somewhere between 2,000 and 6,400 international Mm -hmm. units a day. But the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends supplementing your baby with 400 international units per day of vitamin D, beginning in the first few days of life, and then continuing through childhood. And that's even if you're supplementing with a little bit of formula, they are still recommending this. And honestly, I didn't know that. I thought that if you were having any formula, then you were getting plenty of vitamin D. I am wrong. So I feel like if I didn't know that, you all probably didn't know that. So, you know, it seems like you're interrupting a natural process, but really you're not. You're kind of just enhancing the natural process that's already there as a just in case measure and also to set your baby up on the right track, so they don't become an adult who's chronically deficient.
0: Yeah. And it's actually recommended to consider an even higher dose if you live in the farther northern reaches of our world, or if your baby is very low birth weight.
1: Yes. Low birth weight or dark skinned.
0: Yes. Or dark skinned as well. And when we are talking about very low birth weight, we're talking very low. So that's less than like 1500 grams, which is what, how many pounds? Three. Yeah.
1: Something like that.
0: Yeah. It's small. So this isn't, you know, that's not like, oh, my baby was six pounds. It's small. That's a normal size. Just FYI. (laughs) Not every baby has to be 10 pounds, but yeah, those really small babies, they're typically very premature. And usually, you know, the hospital is going to take care of that. But if you're taking your baby home from the NICU, you want to make sure that you know how much of that supplement you need to be giving.
1: And can I just give a little tip here because Please. I I was a nurse in the NICU for a while and we had to give the vitamin drops to the babies and the vitamins that we gave the babies there were all the vitamins you know it wasn't just vitamin D it was like these babies need all the vitamins and the iron and it's disgusting it's liquid and it is just the worst smell I mean it was horrible. So my first time giving this vitamin, I just tried to shoot it right into the baby's mouth, which it drank. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) And then five minutes later, the projectile vomit that came up with this vitamin was just, it was yellow. It was stunk. The baby looked at me like you stupid idiot. Like that was the worst thing ever. And I felt so bad. So then one of the kinder Older, more experienced NICU nurses pulled me aside and she was like, honey, let me show you how to do this. So the vitamin D drops probably aren't going to be as nasty tasting as what I gave. But if you have a baby that is a little bit picky, this is what you can do. You can either hand express a little bit of your milk, or if you already have some expressed milk, you can just take like five cc's, not even that much and mix it with the vitamin drops and cup feed it to them and then follow with a breastfeed or a bottle feed, whatever you do. But that way I don't recommend putting the drops in a big bottle because if they don't like the taste, Then they then you've wasted that whole bottle. So you only mix it with like five CCs, just a little tiny tablespoon, and then you can wash it down with a nice delicious booby or a nice delicious bottle untainted by the vitamin drops. And so, you know, some people will try to like sneak in with the syringe while the baby's on the breast. I don't like that because it will drip out of baby's mouth. You won't know how much baby is getting. And you can create an aversion at the breast. You don't want them to think that every time they get to the breast, it's going to be like that (laughs) because then they'll start trying to reject it. So you don't want to create any behavior issues there. So definitely just cup feed it or spoon feed it with just a little bit of your milk mixed in. Or the other thing that you can do is take it yourself. So this is another good option. If you don't want to just give your baby the drops, you can take a higher dose of vitamin D. However, we want you to get a baseline first of where your vitamin D is. So you know how much to supplement. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And any doctor can do this. It's the test is usually covered by insurance, but it's not cheap if you have to pay out of pocket. So definitely make sure that it's covered before you get that. And I don't believe the American Academy of Pediatrics technically recommends it, but we have a lot of good data that shows that maternal supplementation does provide babies with enough vitamin D through breast milk.
1: Yes, but you have to have at least 6,400 international units. Right, right.
0: So you do need to be supplementing a lot. It's not, you know, these days you can find gummies that are like 5,000 IUs each. So it's not hard to do but it's just something that you should probably (laughs) make sure that you're good at taking your vitamins every day. And, you know, you kind of have that under control. Here's my question though. And when, when I was reading over a lot of these studies about, you know, there's, there's a lot of studies that indicate that infants who are exclusively breastfed are at a high risk for vitamin D deficiency. However, Heather, did you see that if any of those actually reported real impact on those infants from that deficiency the way that it did with like the very low birth weight infants. Yeah.
1: No, I just kept seeing rickets come up over and over and over again, which yes, we get it. We know that, but it has to be very severe. But Well, I take that back. I did come across a study that said that if your child is born deficient with vitamin D and continues to be deficient through childhood, you will see an increase in respiratory illness in that child compared to other children who do not have deficient vitamin D. Interesting. So, I mean,
0: that's the immune system. That's significant. Yeah. I mean, that's significant for a lot of people, especially when. Honestly, it's like, especially when your babies are born during RSV season and during a global pandemic where we're dealing with a respiratory illness, like that, that's a real thing to consider for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, having had coronavirus, if I had known a month ago to start taking my vitamin D again, you better believe I would have done it because it was no picnic. It's still not a Mm -hmm. picnic. I'm in my cheetah bathrobe right now, mustering all the strength I can to- Get fired up about vitamin D right right now? Like, what the heck?
0: You know, and and I'm gonna be real here, guys. I am when I'm talking about those clients who don't like to take supplements. I'm actually just like talking about myself here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, also people I work with, but like, I fit into that demographic. I really until like the last two years was like so anti-supplements. I was like, I can get everything from the food I need eat and blah blah blah. But also, then I did a lot of research into how deficient our soils are in vitamins and even like the soil on my farm, you know, has vitamin deficiencies, the soil on the farm that I get most of my food from, you know, I'm one of those people who gets almost all of my vegetables from a local farm. And yet still I have to supplement because all of our soils here are deficient in the things that we need from really poor growing practices for the last, you know, hundred years. Um, And it sucks. And I finally came to terms with that. I take my fucking vitamins. Yeah,
1: I I definitely need to start again. So I will make a pledge that I will start supplementing with vitamin D again. Mm -hmm. Now this is the second pledge that I've made on the podcast. The first one I... I did complete I watched Hamilton and I have to say it what was very good. The first yes. the first 10 minutes I was confused and my brain was working <laughs> really hard because I did not really know what to expect. And honestly, it's been so long since I've studied the Revolutionary War era that I just was like, my brain was just digging stuff back (laughs) up from second grade. I was like, what is he talking about? You're like, social
0: studies, come back to me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, I know it's in there somewhere. But then I was fully committed by like 20 minutes in. I was like, this is what? I don't know what this is, but thank God someone did this. This is great.
0: Thank you, Lin-Manuel Miranda, for doing this for us. Yeah. Nobody asked for it, but we needed it.
1: Exactly. Um, (laughs) So if you haven't seen Hamilton, I highly recommend it. Make it through the first 10 minutes and get through the brain cramp, and then you will be very satisfied. Mm -hmm. Satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So should we summarize really quickly? Cause I kind of feel like we've thrown a lot of numbers oh, out there. Yeah. So let me just do a quick little summary. We are pro supplementation for vitamin D either in baby or through maternal side. So if it's, if you're going to take it yourself as the lactating parent, we recommend taking about 6,400 international units a day. Babies, on average, should take four hundred international units a day if you're supplementing the baby directly, unless you live in a place where there is much less sunlight or your child is darker skinned, and then you might have to bump it up. To um, what was it, Maureen? Mm, six
0: hundred. That, that actually wasn't super clear. Yeah, it said six hundred in some places. Some places it said other numbers, but oh, eight
1: hundred um, to a thousand mm-hmm. in Europe. So, the European yeah. Society for Pediatric Gastroenterology recommends vitamin D of eight hundred to thousand international units a day for preterm infants
0: okay, so somewhere between four hundred and thousand, yep, so <laughs> It'll be fine whatever uh, sorry, so there's that super clear summary for you guys, <laughs> yep, super
1: clear, so go go be like me and go order your vitamin D. And start taking it and, and yeah. let us know if your vagina is better or you get less mm-hmm. ill or you just have Do more You
0: feel energy. better. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go take my us? vitamins after this because I, uh, I haven't done it yet today.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to our rant about vitamin D. I hope you all learned something and I hope it was clearer than mud.
0: <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Milk Minute. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and review our podcast wherever you listen. If you'd like to support our podcast, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com
1: slash milkminutepodcast.
0: To send us feedback, personal stories, or just to chat, you can send us an email at milkminutepodcast at gmail.com. It's a minute!